Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome to let's chat i am alicia you know i got my right hand as well as my left from time to time the fabulous miss tony hey t hey alicia girl how you doing it sounds like you've been having some kind of day girl (laughs) yes i have i have had yes i have had a day absolutely I really have. Well, we're about to have a great show then. We're going to make it even end on a good note for you. You know, we got two awesome guests. One of them, he always makes me act up when he comes into the chat room. But um, based on that cover you've been showing for our other guest, Leash, I don't know. Peter may have some comp tonight. <laughs> right. That cover is hot. I can't Girl. wait to get J.D. Howard up in here to find out what is going on. We could talk a little talk about this cover and this book and and find out if it's a one clicker, you know, because we love to one click here mm-hmm. on the chat. <laughs> That's so true. You know, we were talking uh, last night on our show, Leash, and for those that may have missed it, make sure you hit those archives because it was live in the chat room. We had three beautiful women up in here, and they all brought something different to the table. So make sure you check them out. But we were talking about covers and titles. At least that has been resonating with me all day because it's so true as a reader. That is the foreplay of wanting to, to dive into a book. At least that is for me. And J.D. Howard has that title as well as that cover going on. And, you know, Peter Mac, Peter Mac he just exudes that, it, that, that naughtiness with his title as well as his cover. So we are in for a great show tonight, Leisha. I'm so looking forward to it. I've been telling people all day about it. So I can't wait for them to get into the chat room, girl. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to talk that talk about the ingredients of a great book. And like you said, see the cover. You call it the foreplay. I call it the eye 
candy. Everybody got to have a little eye candy. And that, <laughs> that cover, the synopsis, all of that, the title, presentation mm-hmm. is part of the eye candy for a reader. If you can get their mm-hmm. eyes, you, you're going to get mm-hmm. them into your book. Now, the content is something else, you know, so that, that that's takes true. the um, – that depends on the style of writing of the author. It, the, the craft itself mm-hmm. is a technique. And so that's where – but once you get them, your content holds them. It becomes the glue. Mhm. Mm. That's interesting. And also, sometimes for me, it 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 take it means the genre, because you know you got that that pen has to be true to the genre that you're writing. Um, mm-hmm. And and you just don't want to be disappointed once you look at the cover and once you have absorbed the title, you're hoping that those pages inside that spine is gonna live up to it, because you don't want to get like ten pages deep and looking towards the back to find out if you should finish it or not. So it's all wrapped up in the ingredients of a good book, and that's I love that topically. Once again, you hit it on the nail. You hit the nail on the You know what I'm trying to say, the nail on the head. You know, Victoria always told us, she told us about using those cliches. we got to make our own cliche up. I know. <laughs> I know, right? She but in my so ear. I guess when we, when we had the show, I did. I made the comment that a, the best ingredients of a great book is a book that is not only plot driven but character driven, because the character gives mm-hmm. you the play, and the plot is what draws in the reader and holds them. You have to have that drama, that conflict. You have to have what's holding the reader to your words. Mm-hmm. And so it, it all That's comes true. together to make a great book. I can't wait to see. To hear what our guests have to say about that, we're going to take a brief break, but we will be right back. We're going to hit you with some, uh, let's do a little Blue Marley. Okay. Oh, no, let's, let's do something a little different. We're going to hit you with some of that Karis, Dirty Gang. Okay. You know, I start to live when I realize that you don't worry about what anyone says about you. You don't worry about the ridicule. You don't worry about the judgment or the rumors. When you stop thinking about what other people think about you, that's when you live. Yes. Life is such a dirty game, what a shame Many people chase the fame, I'm just trying to see the change So much pain, but won't complain, cause life is hard But every time you take a deep breath, it's a gift from God But my life, my life, as a child abused The same drugs that I slung, I watched my uncles use Rest in peace to the lost and forgotten The ones that's not here for you I will shed a tear, wishing you were somewhere near I represent for the ones that said they couldn't make it And to the non-believers that said you couldn't do or take it I live by no rules, no order, got a daughter And I will never let let another man try to support her As long as I got two feet I will hit these streets I will sell them drugs I will sell my shoes I will sell my watch I go back to the block Getting chased by the cops I'm giving all that I got Everybody wanna live Somebody gotta die Everybody wanna smile Somebody gotta cry 
gonna make we're gonna make them grab hold of their daughter and make sure that they're well protected and not in them streets. So it's it's an ode to the ladies. Take care of your daughters before somebody else gets to them. Oh, all right now. You know I got a baby girl, so I'm gonna be right in those yeah. pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brenda's kind of fun because it just deals with a teenage girl going through it with her mother who's struggling, who's not really setting a good example, and you can't be surprised mm-hmm. at how the daughter comes out. Mm. Wow. Okay. I can't wait to get a hold of that one. Yeah, for sure. But let's let's get into mm-hmm. this Ayana because I don't know okay, so if you haven't read Peter Mack's new book, we're gonna try not to give you guys any um teasers. Any bomb drops. So spoilers. that when you read spoilers. it, yeah, we, we want you guys to be able to read it and enjoy it. But we right, are gonna right. talk a little bit about the book. So if you haven't read it Close your ears. Okay. No, if they now, haven't the read it, get over there and one click it. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, exactly. So one thing I love about your pen is that it's continuous and universal. Yeah. I love yeah. how you you took and two let me different give you a... stories, but right. you blended them. Mm-hmm. And, and right. they came together at some point in time, but it was like right on time because I'm reading and I'm like, okay. Then I'm like, oh, okay. Tell us a little bit about your writing style in, in Ayana. Well, um, the, the Ayana story is much like, um, it's my new writing style. It's much like Licks and it's much like um, um, Coke, like the 80s. Uh, that I did with uh, Joy Deja, uh, Joy Deja King. Um, the writing style is uh, interwoven, and um, because I like to um, address different lifestyle situations and kind of imitate how we live our actual lives, uh, the, the con- you know we follow one character and leave off with another character. And the trick is to have it be a main plot that intertwines everyone's lives, as is normally the case in everyday life. Mm. Yeah. And what was the difficulty? Because you said it's your new writing style. So what was the difficulty for you in bringing this uh, new style to your pen? Oh, yeah, that's strong. That's a good question because, um, you know, the trick is to remain consistent in your writing tense, um, in your verb tense, in your adjectives. So that's the challenge because if you're used to reading a certain way, and you read in this present tense, first person, um, it, it looks odd to you and it doesn't feel right until you become acclimated to it. So the challenge for me as a writer also is to become acclimated to it. So Brenda is written in a traditional sense, third person past tense, right? So, and, and I had mm-hmm. to readjust to that. And that's the normal way that most books are written. So I had to readjust to that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I just try to keep it fresh and new for myself so that I don't become boring. Now I'm glad I'm this is Tony slash right. D C whatever Alicia said. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> since Peter came up in here and blowing all my cover, all my Secret Service cover, but I I'm glad you said that, uh, Peter, because I told you I did finish the book and you know I have to right. let my review marinate in my head before I actually put pen to paper. And that was one of the things that I I have in my head about the tense that you use. Right. Because like right. you said, when you read normally, it's in that third-person tense. So it took a, a little bit of time for me to get used to that style of writing. 
And like right. you said, you have to acclimate yourself to it, and you have to continue right. to it. Don't just give up on it. And I, exactly. I can never give up on a Peter Mac book, but I did get <laughs> used to it. And um, right. I think maybe a book or two ago, ago, I wrote in my review how you show the parallels of what's going on with the story, right. and I really like that because it's like right. you're, you're you're just turning wherever you want to turn, and you'll see the characters coming together at that, like a climax. You know, they all come right. together at the end, and it all makes sense. So if you right. haven't read a Peter Mac book, you know, he, he gives us all those different ingredients, as which is part of our topic tonight, and it, and it ends in such a powerful climax. So I am putting my review together in my head, and you touched right. on that with that tent. So it does take some getting used to, but stick oh, with it. Sure. It all makes yeah, sense I mean, well, in the end. Yeah, it's not, you know, that tense is not, you know, unique. Um, I read a book by J.R. Moringer called Sutton, um, and it's a biographical novel about um, a 1920s bank robber. And But it's a love story, and he writes in that tense. And I just thought it was fresh. And, you know, for me, for mm-hmm. getting into writing, and I think it's a responsibility for, for all writers, is, you know, and I've said this before, I, I aim to return respect to the art of creative fiction and love of it. So when I saw this, this this reflected, I wonder if I could bring it home. Like let me let me see if I can write it in this way because what it does is it adds an immediacy into the writing that I'm doing, and it adds an immediacy mm-hmm. for the read. Um, so you know you feel like everything is happening right at that moment, and you're involved in it in that sense. So that's what I mm-hmm. experienced, and that's what I had hoped my readers could experience with what I wanted to bring to the table about our experiences. Mm-hmm. What has been the response on that, Peter? Have you been getting any response on that from your, your yeah, readers? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just depends on it just depends on um, what you're used to reading, and it's like Brussels sprouts, you know, it, you know, and Corona beer. It's an acquired taste. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so you know, like you said, once you get used to it, you come to enjoy, you know, you come to enjoy it. Like, oh man, this is nice. You know what I mean? But if you're mm-hmm. not used mm-hmm. to it, then it's gonna it's gonna it's not gonna fit well at first. But you have to be open, and um, the, res- the response is either is confusion or they love it, you know. But, un- but until I educate and then until they get into it, then they understand what's going on, like, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I-, I appreciate all the responses. And, and-, and that's what happens when you-, when you leap out on faith and try to be creative. Everybody's not going to get it, but that's the purpose of creative mm-hmm. fiction. you gotta- you got to get out mm-hmm. there and do it. Absolutely. Well, start- and I think for um, – go ahead, Leisha. Go ahead, see. No, what I was going to say is I think with Leisha and I, Leisha and I are always taking classes just to better our understanding and our love for the craft. And um, right. in in those classes that we do take, you know, focus is put on the tense of, of the point of view. So I think as, as, we go, as we grow and our love for the art, our right. eyes change. You know, we, we're more critical of, of what we're reading. So we tend right. to catch certain things that I didn't catch before I started right. this journey into this into this literature. And um, it just all makes sense, and it does keep a reader fresh in what it is that right. they're reading. It's not the same mundane thing, and, and you right. want to mix it up some. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that I think that that's important for the genre, and I think it's important for the quote unquote urban fiction market. I think that um, 
We need to, you know, branch out, read other other genres, other disciplines, paranormal, whatever it is, and bring it back home so that we can educate each other and expand each other's horizons. I was looking at a post the mm-hmm. other day of uh, someone asked someone to drop their, their book links and stuff like that, and I just scrolled down the post, and all the covers blended together. All the covers looked exactly alike, and I thought that was a shame, mm-hmm. so... So this is why for Ayana, I chose, I chose a different designer. Um, and with my formatter, I, have, I asked her, is there something different that we can do to make it look new? Let's bring, let, you know, let's, let's up the standard of these things. So you might have noticed that you see graphics at every chapter heading. Um, you see offset numbers. You see the first letter of each paragraph, uh, chapter heading, really fancy. So it's really, really put together. And, you know, just because you're an mm-hmm. indie author doesn't mean that you, don't have, that you can't look professional and make all your pages stand out like the big dogs do. Mm-hmm. That's true. You want to be stand out. Well, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, you, I, think, I think we sell ourselves short and we don't give, our, give each other, uh, you know, the best. Like we deserve the best, and we deserve to give each other the best. So wherever possible, um, I remember there was a question on Facebook. Someone said, you know, I have all these old books, and, you know, this was my first run, and they're filled with mistakes. What should I do with them? And I suggest she mm-hmm. trash them. Other people were suggesting that she, you know, donate them to the Salvation Army here or there. And my point was, if you were learning and that was a mistake, that's the cost of your mistake. Your Your subsequent novels are all great. So, Get those things out of circulation, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a bunch of these mm-hmm. novels with errors in them, throw them away. Take that as your loss and your lesson, and just make sure you don't make those mistakes again. So, and because I'm lazy, I try to make sure that when I get to the end of a product, or you know, if there's a mistake being made, I know this because I was lazy, and I have to take that cost. So it just all goes to the point of we create a great novel is not being lazy and trying to hold ourselves to a higher standard of literature and appearance mm-hmm. and presentation. Mm-hmm. That's true. And as part of, you know, our topic tonight, the, what what the ingredients are to, to a great book. So if you can give three key ingredients of, of what you feel in, in your personal opinion and what makes a great book, what would they be? Oh, desire, motivation, and dedication. You know, you have to desire oh. to want to do it. You have to be motivated to do it, and you have to be dedicated to do it. Um, you know, and other than that, it just has to be feeling. If there's no feeling involved and no authenticity, then it's going to ring hollow. So if, if there was, yeah. Okay. Those are some good ingredients, Leash, that he just dropped on us. <laughs> Absolutely. Only the way Peter Mac can. <laughs> Hi, Leash. How are you doing, Leash? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm With good, that 80-mercy laugh. He always be trying to come up in here. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? With the Barry White voice and the Eddie Murphy laugh. Come on now. You in the chat. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. It ain't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> now, Peter, when um you were writing this book, what was the what was the thought process of the characters in the story? Because not only is your story character driven, it is plot driven. Right. And I, I kind of want to give the twist away about you know the, the characters, but 
Right. What was what was your thought process when it came down to creating the characters and creating Ayana? Well, you know, Ayana was created back in 2012 with uh, the seduction of Ayana Cherry, and she returned in Ayana Cherry and the Tabernacle Gloria. And, you know, what I do in my writing, you know, I write for women. So Ayana was the perfect character to show a young woman who was developing her self-worth and learning her, her, her sexual power and being able to harness it for good. We were taught that about her in The Seduction of Ayana Cherry. And in Tabernacle Glorious, when she helped out Reverend Lovejoy the first time, you know, it was a maturation of her sexuality, her self-worth. And in Ayana, she's, she's on, she, you know, she, she's a total package. So my thought process into creating Ayana was just to sort of evolution of a woman who was learning her self-worth and learning how to use it to the good and to be loyal and to show love. So that was my process for Ayana. Mm. Okay, now, Peter, this is Tony. Now, you know I've read quite a few Peter Mac books, but um, I read this one as a as a standalone for me because I had not read the two that you just mentioned. So right. after I read it, I noticed that there were some things that I needed to go back in order to understand. Now, right. for those that may not have read the other two as I did, would you uh-huh. do you feel that they could still pick this book up and enjoy a true Peter Mac book? Oh, most definitely, because anyone who's read any of my books, you're going to get minor characters who are major characters in a subsequent novel. So this novel is a mm-hmm. whole different story. It's a whole different such situation. And every book that I write, no matter if it's affiliated one, two, or three, there's always a new character added. But all of my characters, mm-hmm. all of you know, it's, it's almost like a separate world that we're navigating where you get to see pieces mm-hmm. of, of new lives in each book. So each book is a standalone, mm-hmm. but it's but what I what I intended for my for my readers, my day one readers who've been with me for a while, every new book is a really a real treat because you've seen these people. So it's a treat for you to see what's going on with them next, without it without it being mm-hmm. serious, but also satisfying that standalone concept. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think for me, um, at least you know you better jump in because I could just sit here and pick Peter's brain all night. You know how I am <laughs> with Peter coming to the chat room, <laughs> but for me. I felt like I was missing something. I wanted to be greedy. I wanted okay. to see the whole picture. So I had to, okay. I went back and got the two, the first two books. Really? Just so I can see, of course, right. just so I right. can see right. the 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 journey that um, Ayana right. and Reverend, I think his name is Lovejoy. Is exactly. it Lovejoy? It's Lovejoy. Right. I want right. to see the I want to see the journey that got them to where they are in Ayana, and I also right. want to see when Miss. Pro- when Miss Prada makes an appearance because she is she is a whole story unto herself. So I'm definitely not giving away that that piece of jewel. You definitely have to one click that that Ayana the Return by Peter Matt because hmm that was a different type of read for me, Peter. I must say that. <laughs> Well, it, it should be. It should be. That's what it's all about. I mean, who wants the same boring? Who wants the same story over and over? Um, the best books, <laughs> the best, yeah. The best books that I've read have been stories that I have not read before, that have mm-hmm. taken me to a new place and made me consider new things. Okay. Right. So that was, mm-hmm. you know, Prada. Prada appeared in Licks. and um, I don't think Licks got the exposure that um, that I wanted it to get. Um, and people mm-hmm. love Prada. People love Prada, not because of 
who she was or how she moved, but they loved the character herself and how she was presented. Um, so I thought it was a great opportunity to bring her back and um, and have that conversation again. Mm-hmm. Well, when I see Prada, when I, when I think of Prada now that I have read Ayana, mm-hmm. it's like a kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you turn it and you don't know what to focus on, if I'm making sense right. to you. I think it, it's like a kaleidoscope. I don't know where I should focus because there's so many <laughs> other things that, that's just shining and it's taking my eye yeah. from it. Does that make sense? To, it, it, well, am I reading her judgment. right? <laughs> well, it challenges your judgment, you know, because I was hoping to present her in a way that you couldn't judge her because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. But you know, you want to say, but wait, you know, like, I don't agree. Exactly. But you have I to, didn't want to say you, anything because mm, yeah. I tried not to I give mean, it yeah. away when you said that she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you have to agree because the way she's presented is kind of respectful. Like she would be your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, she's Ayana's yeah. girlfriend, you know, what you say, Lisa? Mm-hmm. She wouldn't mm-hmm. be your girlfriend. I just said, hmm. I didn't say anything, just hmm. That's all I'm going to say is hmm. Not not my girlfriend. (laughs) Clean that up, I see that. Yeah. (laughs) But sadly, a lot of other men's girlfriends that you at least Okay, that's that's a good point to who it is. Yeah, we want to. Yeah, we, well, you know, she's yeah. We she's in the summary. I think. I think that the discovery is in the summary. But, um, you know, I think it's a good. It's a good point to note that we just we present her as um, she is a dynamic woman. That's for sure. And uh, she has hopes and dreams just like everybody else. You know, she wants a family. She wants, mm-hmm. you know, she wants a nice house. And why should she be denied that? Just because you know mm-hmm. we are all different in some way. Why should this way be any different to disallow her that freedom? True, but she was a surprise to me, and and her movements were <laughs> an equal surprise to me as well because I didn't see her doing that. But you know, once she did it, there was no going back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they all they all searching for a piece of freedom, you know. And uh, sometimes mm-hmm. in this world, in this world, we do things that we we might not think we would do. Depending on the reward involved, and if we had the opportunity to mm. do it, you'd be surprised how many people would do it. That's interesting. That's an interesting point you just made because, I, right, Leash? Because knowing her character and knowing how she presents her her special treat, is that a good enough yes. word? Without giving That's it away. A That's a perfect word. That's a perfect word. And when <laughs> Leash jumped in there, but if yeah. you know. When she gives those that she chooses to give her special treat to, it's it's it's, inter- it's very interesting. I, I hope I was good. I'm just gonna leave the that there. That, yeah, but I hope I was I hope I was I hope I was good in expressing the struggle that she has, her own personal struggle. You know, um, she doesn't mm-hmm. mind doing it, but she also wants to be a full woman. Like it demeans her in her own way. Like, damn, I can't get away from this thing, you know? Right. I understood that yeah. when I was reading it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Leisha, Absolutely. you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just nodded my head and I said, but you, okay. But, 
leaving it all up to me to spill it. <laughs> I know, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. But that's not the focus. I think that's not the focus, though. I think the focus is, you know, the subtitle could easily have been. Well, this was a short story at first. Um, Keisha Frazier had published it with uh, Diva Books, Inc. It was a short story called Ayana, Love and Loyalty. Those were the first four mm-hmm. chapters were, were Hagler and Ayana. And I was just waiting for the, for an opportunity to build on it. Like, people liked the short story. And um, so the short story was those first three chapters with Hagler, and it ended with Ayana killing Hagler. Um, so I just added to it, and, and that's what the return is when she went back to Indianapolis. And, it, and, and you were right. I think I succeeded oh. in showing – and I think I succeeded in showing people – I wanted to use it also as a tool to introduce readers to my other novels. And Licks was the primary novel that I wanted people to, to get a hold to because that's where Prada came from, and Stash as well, mm-hmm. and Starla, mm-hmm. and Starla. People like Starla and Licks. Too. I believe, Leisha, you have a copy of uh, Licks. I know it's a big book, and I know you might not have got to it, but you got one. I, I got a copy <laughs> of almost every one of your books, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been doing this for a minute. Mm-hmm. I read Lex, and I actually enjoyed Lex. Um, right. I think you said you couldn't read I the last book. Yeah. Um, the last book, Daddy Lex. Uh, was it you that said you couldn't read Daddy Lex because it was, you know, the teenage and the daddies and, you know, the fathers messing with the daughters? No, that, was, really read. that, was, that wasn't that, you? That wasn't me. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get to read Daddy Lex. <laughs> well, Daddy Lex. Me Licks either. Is, oh. we, that, we weren't given that option. That that wasn't the option that was presented to us. Well, no, no. But if I you have the novel, if you have Licks is Dirty Nasty Daddy. Daddy is the last book in Licks. Right, the trilogy. Right. Right, right. Um, I believe a reader said that she couldn't read Daddy because it had a, you know, it was dealing with young girls being assaulted by their fathers and they get revenge in the end, and um, it brought Binky back to Stash. Uh-huh. So yeah, so Stash was in, you know, Stash was in Licks. And he's in Ayana, mm-hmm. so Lix was, you know, Lix is a great history uh, for that, for that, for that pairing for for uh, Prada and Ayana. And Lix is a great story. Did you mm-hmm. like Lix? I did, and I like Stash. I'm just saying. Uh, he he's he's uh, you know how some readers have their book boo. <laughs> right, right, right. That's your book boo. I like. Stash. I like how the one thing I like about your Kim is that you bring a realistic. Um, situation and you make it relatable where the person can say I even know somebody or you know it's something that they can relate to so when you've given them something that maybe they haven't read before or they're not too much used to it kind of is smooth going down it's not where they're like oh my god you know what I'm saying (laughs) and um I just love the the real the realism of your pen and the way that you you write your work. It makes Thank it you. easy to follow. So really, I enjoy it. Mm. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Mm. That's a good way of putting it, Leash, because you know you don't sometimes realize it until you're in that situation that that you you're reading something fresh. Right, right, yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, I I like it when I'm going over it. When I'm going over a book, like what I do with Ayana, sometimes I'll pick it up and I'll just thumb through a certain page and just check it out. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I know I know it's okay when I can read it like that and like it. 
you know, like, oh, man, this is all right. And, I mean, because I've written mm-hmm. stuff and, and reread it and got bored. And was like, oh, no, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm too long. Mm-hmm. I'm too long. I'm too long here. I didn't say enough there. Uh, and mm-hmm. I got books that I've, yeah, I got books that I've never published just because I had that kind of reaction to them. Like, nah, I can't do this. When I read, the, I wrote the whole book and didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Peter, we had a show last night, and um, go ahead, Leish, why are you on that topic? I'm, I think that's part of the creative process, because when people, and not every author does it, but mm-hmm. it's it's like what you learned in grade school, right? where you got the draft one, draft two, draft three, then you got right. your final copy. That's right. the whole part of the writing process. You throw up on the paper, mm-hmm. and then you go back and you read what you wrote, and then you mm-hmm. tweak that and rewrite that, mm-hmm. tweak that, rewrite that until you're satisfied with what you have. And sometimes right. you get through a whole book, and it's right. like, oh. And sometimes <laughs> it's not even that. Sometimes right. it could be a situation that, put you in a position to have to rewrite something. And I say that as to say, sometimes it's confirmation. So say you know and you're not feeling the book that you're writing, but your computer crashes or or something happens and you lose what you wrote. That was just really, I consider that confirmation that you are something you already knew. It's not that it happened is that you already knew that you should have rewritten it, and it just so happened that something happened to make you have to do what yeah. you already knew you had to do in the first place. Nothing happens by accident, right? That's right. Everything happens for a reason. Exactly. And, you know, and I think a lot of times it's we go through life and we experience confirmations. Right. Where, right. because it's already something that's in your subconscious, it's already something that you that's sitting in your spirit to do or say right. or move. And so, right. when people come to you, that's your confirmation. Now, if they right. come into you and they're giving you something that you ain't even thought about, sometimes that right. is a good thing. But nine times out of ten, you still thought about it. Right. 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 You just yeah. weren't sure if you should do it or not. So, therefore, mm-hmm. that becomes confirmation. Mhm, mhm. You're right about that, and you know, and like you said, just to piggyback on what you said, you know, what? So how do you, how do you, how do you account for naysayers and just pure, unqualified criticism? Well, criticism is everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're gonna have right. criticism wherever you go, and mm-hmm. this is the thing when it comes to naysayers. The thing is that when you have something that is put on your spirit to do or a mm-hmm. position you need to take or mm-hmm. a move you need to make, it's mm-hmm. not going to be the popular idea. You know what right. I'm saying? Even right. like in society, even if you think about Ayana, right. it's not the popular mainstream idea. It's not what everybody is expecting to happen. Right. So when you step outside of the box, mm-hmm. The naysayers are only, they're only upset, uh, uh, objection to really what you're doing is because it's something that either they didn't think about mm-hmm. or they can't really wrap their mind around, and it's okay. Right, right, It's right, something right, that's right. not for them. People always, right. 
go by how they feel and their experiences and what they think, and that's that's how people operate. You know, right. this is how you're supposed to do. Why? Because everybody say this is how it's supposed to be. Right. But you always right. got that one person to step outside mm-hmm. of the box. There's yeah, nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with that. Right. You got Everybody that one ain't going to understand your vision, and it's okay because right. it wasn't given to them to understand in the first place. Preach. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I I take it to the slave narrative where, you know, it's one fam- one child in the family say, Grandma, why are we eating these chitlins? You know, I hate these chitlins. Well, this what Grandma, my mama gave them to me, and my grandma gave them to me. Well, just because your grandmom and your mama been eating them don't make it right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> Right, but you know, some situations, you have to, this is the thing in life, and not even just Mm -hmm. in the literary world, you have to create your own lane. Your own Mm -hmm. lane, there's no traffic. Everything is paved just for you. Right. So the thing is, people don't fit in your lane. It's it's for you. So the ideas that you have, the direction you Mm want to go in, everybody's not going to go in that direction. It ain't for them, and that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. okay I'm, because you have yeah. to be able, we talked about it last night, being able to rise up, and that's just right. moving your feet. And sometimes right. when you move your feet, people get left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and that's how it goes. I, I think my son's mother said it best. She says, um, you know, while you're, you know, you're trying to get to the next level, they're trying to bring you down to their, to, to their level. Like you're trying to get to another level. They want you on their level. Or mm-hmm. something to that effect. That, that doesn't sound as eloquent as what you said. But when she said it, it was on par with how you put it down. I appreciate that, Lisa. Absolutely. <laughs> now we did we did a show like the week uh, last week, <laughs> last Friday, and you you never hide the fact that you are incarcerated. You always talk about that. Can you talk right. about your creative, your ability to create in an environment that really? does not want you to have that creative side? Oh, man. You know, it takes courage inside or outside. You know what I mean? Um, I was listening mm-hmm. to, I was listening to um, the, uh, I forget his name, but he, he founded FUBU, and he founded Kuji, uh, and he was talking about um, how when his clothes were on uh, Kim Kardashian in their first year, second year, and no one else believed in him. But he believed in them, and he, the Kardashians made him richer because, you know, he stepped out on faith. Uh, so, um, so that's how, I, you know, I just, try to, I just try to approach it that way. Like, you know, you, even in here, um, you got to have – there's an extreme amount of energy suckers in prison, people who would love to just dim your light, take your shine, and see you on your knees with your dick in the dirt. Excuse my, my language. But uh, you know, and it takes a, it takes another level of courage and strength, and and I don't give a damn what y'all say. Come get it. You know what I mean? To do what you want to do and do what you need to do. So um, I know I never thought. You know, people ask me how hard is it or is it difficult, and I never thought of it like that. I just look at it as what obstacle do I need to overcome to get what I need to do to do what I need to do. And once uh-huh. I figure out how to overcome the obstacle, the doing part is easy. Absolutely. Um, um, Pete, I think the guy you're talking about, his first name is Damien, but I can't remember his last name. John. Damien John or Damien John. Right, right. You're right. Something like that. Right. 
The yeah. first name yeah. was Jaden. Yeah. But that's a good question, Leash. That that was a good question. And uh, we had a powerful show last Friday. On um, we had a great topic on creating. John's his name is Damien Johns. Hubby just told me that. Okay. Damien Johns. Cool. That's his name. Yeah. That's his yeah. name. Yeah. I was, um, I was I was at his, I was at his feet when he was talking. Like, man, give it to me, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. so, absolutely. Now, and I asked that question because you know that we had uh, J M Benjamin, we had Aaron Bebo, we had uh, Joanna Flavor, who is a um, prison reform activist, and we had right. Seth Ferranti on on last week, and they touched on the difficulty of being mm-hmm. able to do something positive in such a negative environment. Right. And I wish it would have been on the show because you kind of would have set that off as well because you right. actually do that. You right. know, you actually right. try mm-hmm. and create something positive in such a negative envi- environment where positivity is frowned upon. Like the expectation is that you remain negative. Right. Yeah, I just think a lot of it has to do inside or outside. It got to be in you or not on you. It has to be your personal motivation. Um, you know, when I got locked up, I was just filled with so much shame. I really went inside to figure out what the hell got me in prison because, you know, I disappointed my family, disappointed my son, I disappointed everybody, and everybody was questioning, like, what the hell are you doing there, you know? And I, mm-hmm. had, to take the, I had to take the ugly stuff too. My Auntie Charlotte said, you must like it, you know? Like, literally. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. These hard, these hard truths, and this shame. I was just motivated to to change to change my legacy. Like get the best out of me, get myself worked up. You know, um, what made my life worth what I was doing? Obviously, my life was worth less than whatever money I was going to get for what I was doing. And so, my life needed mm-hmm. to be worth more than money. Money needed to be taken out of the equation. My life needed to be worth my legacy, how my children saw me, raising my family, being with my woman. You know, my life needed to be worth more than the material things that we are fooled into thinking that gives us our self-worth. So I think it Mm -hmm. has to be a personal motivation to change what they said last. I didn't want the last thing that people said about me, oh, he, he swindled, he connived, he manipulated. I didn't want that to be my legacy. How about, you know, he has beautiful women wearing his apparel. He's written books where, you know, he's talking about social things that people can learn from and identify with. That's what I want the last thing people to say about me. Preach, Mr. Mack. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like what you said about it has to be be in you and not on you because what right. you just shared with us and our and our listeners is that you have to take your self accountability. You, you know, you have to right. live with yourself, and you have to like who you see in the mirror. So, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. That was powerful. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, it's, you know, it's it's a journey. I mean, and, and once you get that power, you know, they say God gives it to you, and much is required. So once you get the gift, and once you get the power, and you know, and it's really a prayer. I caught a trafficking case when I went to to ASEG, and I spent five months in a hole, and I prayed to God. God, give me something that can that can give me even more than what I was chasing so hard without the, without the same risk. Mm-hmm. And in the whole, I wrote my mm-hmm. first book. I bought paper from down to here using my Kool-Aid and my, my cookies, and I wrote Hood Suite. And, you know, that was 10 years ago, so it's been on ever since. Absolutely. Wow. You know, the thing about that is I think a lot of times in our life, God has to sit you down. 
you you have a sit down moment. First of all, everything in your life there's a reset period. You know, everything, every relationship, every job, everything has a reset period. At some point in time in your life, something is going to cause it to reset. But the mm-hmm. thing is, if you're constantly resetting and he feels that, okay, this is not working, then he will right. sit you down. And sometimes it's a physical sit down oh, to yeah, make yeah. you regroup and reset the proper way. And unfortunately, oh, no sometimes you end up in those situations and sometimes you don't. But I think that it's the consistency. You know, in order right. to have change, consist being consistent is the number one thing in change. You have to be consistent. Your environment has to be consistent. Things your support has to be consistent because you're making a total change. Right. It's like right. When people go and they go to Mr. Miami, they get their tummy tuck, they getting this done, they getting that done. Yeah. It's a, it's still a life change because you can't eat nothing bigger than a a, a pea, or you right. know you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't. It's a lot of different things you have to change. Right, right. To no be doubt. able to no be doubt. this new you. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um. You know, and you know, as you and Leisha know, as believers, we have to believe that nothing happens by happenstance or coincidence. Mm-hmm. So when when, mm-hmm. when negative things happen or when my friends say that something negative happened, they were late for work or some tragedy happened, I say, hey, as a believer, you have to believe that maybe you were saved from a, a worse fate. You know, so when right. tragedy strikes me, I mean, I lost my old page with all my photos, 10 years of documentation, photos, friends. I lost everything. And, you know, it's a tragic loss. But, hey, let me start this new page. Let me rebuild. And maybe I'll meet new people and, and you know, maybe not, but, you can't look at it as a as a as an extreme negative because who knows what worse fate could have happened had that page been discovered by I don't know who knows but you just have to keep moving mm-hmm. right that's that's true and, absolutely yeah. absolutely so Peter you know you we we always enjoy when you come into the chat room and we got to leave you out on a light note we got to give you a right. fun question um. Okay. But before we do that, you know, I want you to share your social media sites and anything else you got cooking in Peter Max's kitchen, as Lee says. Oh, man. First, I just want to say thank you, uh, Trina, and thank you, Leisha, for inviting me. It's always good coming on and, and chopping up with y'all. Y'all my favorite ladies and well-respected. Um, you know, Ayana is, is – I love the response that Ayana is getting. Um, it's available in paperback and for Kindle. You can go to my site, um, com. Every month we're adding new videos, new interviews. We got some of our interviews on my site as well, uh, Trina and Alicia. Um, you know, oh. we got interviews on there. Yeah, we got interviews on there with Diane, with Keisha, with Cyrus. Uh, I got a bunch of interviews, bunch of reviews, bunch of pictures. Um, the apparel is on there. We got new styles. Um, you can go get your apparel. So everything is at uh, PeterMacPresents.com. All my social media links. So if you want to find me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, click on the links. On my on my website, and you can find me anywhere you want to go. Join my VIP list, get free stuff. You know, we always giving away free stuff. So, uh, you know, that's where I'm at. PeterMacPresents.com. All right, now just check them out. PeterMacPresents.com. Now, Peter, if you were stranded on an island, mm-hmm. and you were the only one on this island. What are three right. things that you hope that you would have in your possession in order to survive? Oh Lord, what's those one of those little utility knives with everything on it? Has like sit behind okay. the pieces on it. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> that thing. That's a good one. That's a good piece to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, how about a, hmm, a woman? Uh, oh. Three things to have. I mean, she's not a thing, but, you know, an egg or something. <laughs> that's going to grow a woman. A rib that's going to grow into a woman or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. ain't about me. It ain't about me surviving. How are we going to survive as a species? Like I, can I be a benefit on this island? <laughs> Sheesh. Oh, <man. laughs> yeah. Sheesh. Oh, and, 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 and a, yeah, and I don't know, in a wood tree, you know, a tree that grow good wood so we can make a raft. Oh. All yeah. right, Peter. Those three answers surprised me, Leash. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I I love the answer. We we haven't gotten a similar answer at all to that question. It's always interesting to see what people want to survive with. I mean, though, what's the what's the strangest answer you've gotten about what people want to survive with? The woman. The woman. Right, the woman. That's the strangest. The one right now. The one that you gave us. You never the woman. Right now. No, right. I don't see. That should be the most, though. Yeah, you, you never know right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got the one right now. <laughs> you, you at the top of the list, Peter. Oh, my God. I guess they regret that after they done figured it out. After they got their three things, they looking around and say, damn, I didn't get no porn. Share it. <laughs> oh, that's I you didn't get one one picture. I didn't get one one phone call, no one video. Nothing. Oh my goodness, Peter! We so appreciate you coming to kick it with us here on the chat room. You know this is your second home. You are always welcome here with myself and Miss Tony. We will see mm-hmm. you in your next book drop as usual. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> Well, I, I think we got, you know, hopefully we will see each other before that. We got some, some stuff coming up, and um, hopefully we get a chance to, to see each other before. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh. We appreciate you guys like a plan. over there. Peter Mac presents all the time. Thank you for sharing your space and your journey with us here on Let's Chat. We appreciate you. If you want, well. you can listen to the next interview if you want to be in the cube. We would love that. No doubt, no doubt. Who y'all got mm-hmm. coming up? Oh, we got the fabulous J.D. Howard. She's about to kick in this door because we got some questions. You know, we, we got some questions about this here uh, cover she got, you know. <laughs> it, 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 it's bleeding. You know, it, it's saying some things, this cover she got. It's, it's speaking to us. So we decided to, to get that. her into this, this chat room and, and talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. What's the name the of her book? The name of the book Say it again, is the it's sex. The it's name sex of the book counselor. is Sex Counselor. Ouch! All right, right. exactly. Mhm. <laughs> yep. I'll check y'all out. <laughs> That's <laughs> All right, sure. Peter. Love y'all. Thank you, again, Peter. All right. Okay. All righty.
We thank you guys for listening to the Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my right-hand girl here. Sometimes she my left, depending on what's going on, the fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking that talk about the ingredients of a great book. We just had the fabulous Peter Mac on. If you missed his interview, no worries. You can check our archives here on blogtalk.com, as well as iTunes and SoundCloud. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to have the fabulous J.D. Howard. We're going to play a little air and bow because we want the keys around here. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Block. Pump like handles so she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thighs. I can tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, how you doing, love? What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The poor taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up, back to back, blunts in motion Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer Baby, tell me how that sound, I want the finer Things in life, A1 weed, papers and pipes And we can get it right I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone, gone. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Last Chat. Thank you guys for rocking with us, myself and Miss Tony. Now we have the fabulous J.D. Howard. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself, ladies? 
We are good, girl. We are excited to have you in the chat room. Have you heard us talk about your cover <laughs> and your title? Girl, that's what I like to hear. Yes. <laughs> okay, before we before we get into it, we want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your literary journey, and your work, hunty. Okay. So a lot of people may know me by Jody Thomas, um, which is a childhood name that I grew up with. But on the original cover of The Sex Counselor, I put Josephine Howard Thomas, which is my government name. And this time, I want this book to go viral. And that's the reason of the cover. Um, The first cover was a little bland. I didn't know how much to put out there. And, you know, I just I wanted to kind of keep it undercover. (laughs) So this time, um, I decided, hey, they need to know what's in this book. So I want them to pick up the book cover. And then if they decide to read it, great. If not, then it's what it is. Um, But I am a retired adult entertainer. So I decided to get out of that a couple of years back. Oh, probably more than a couple of years, Um, about five, six years. And Three years ago, I decided that I wanted to write a book, and um, mm-hmm. two years ago, I, I published it, and here I am now, relaunching bigger. Wow, what a journey! <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long haul. But the fruits of your labor are showing, um, just in that cover alone. You know, Leisha and I, at the top of our show. Before we even started talking about what was coming up in the show, we were talking about your book and your cover. Yay. Yay. That's what I like. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear women talking about my cover. So, yes, mm-hmm. please share. Mm-hmm. Now, Alicia calls it eye candy. Yes. Right? yes. Tell her why you call it eye candy. candy. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> the cover of a book for a reader, the cover of books, the title, the synopsis, all of that is eye candy. But the first thing a reader will notice is the cover and the name, so the title. Right. So I was like, sex? Okay, sex counselor. I was like, oh. But the one thing I <laughs> love that is unique about this book, because normally you have books where it's uh, generated towards females. So it's right. that – got to have that fine man on the front. He got to be real chocolate. You know, he got to be Travis Curefine. You know, we all, we all for that. We don't pick it up because we like, oh, what's this about? Right. But your cover is, is unisex because that's eye candy for a male reader. Talk, tell us about the concept behind your cover. Well, the concept behind the cover was um, in lieu of the main character, Sonya. Um, she is everything and some, um, she's a doctor. She decided that she wanted to help keep families together. And what I mean by families is husband and wives, because, you know, we don't always have, um, people encouraging people to stay together. We have more people saying, Hey, come here, let me, let me take care of what they're not taking care of versus let me help you take care of what you need to be taking care of at home. Like, I want you, but what you got going on at home? Is it more important? Is it something serious? Because I want something serious type situation. So um, mm-hmm. it's sexy. It's um, 
it's jazzy, it's classy, it's just enough nasty, but it gives you the ensemble of, okay, well, she got something going on, but there's a chair there. She's not sitting on the chair, but it's gold, so it's got to mean something. Well, Mm -hmm. the word V and um, sex counselor, the two words that are purple, are the words coming off my lips, and sex is the golden nugget. That's what people love to hear about, drama, um, you know, something realistic. So this is a book of erotic fiction, give or take about 15% truth, 85% fiction, but that cover needed mm-hmm. to stand out. And, girl, it is and standing out. This is Tony. Standing out <laughs> yes. all by itself. <laughs> yes, it is. And with the colors, it's just popping. But, um, well, there's us, yes. likes. Leisha likes that eye candy. You know, it, every reader has their 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 thing. And for me, mm-hmm. the title, the cover, the synopsis, that's all foreplay for me. You know, and that, right. that's my mindset. So when I see this, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely foreplay. And I want it to add up to with the, the page oh, it will. that's fine. I want it to add up to what I'm thinking it's going to be. And, and, you know, well, that, that – grabs the reader first and foremost I'll tell you what I just did something I haven't done in the past two years since this book has originally been out I you guys have the first cover I just relaunched the book cover today so I just tweeted about three-fourths of a rainy night the chapter from a rainy night I just tweeted um, before I came on so that people would call in and or um, you know, just shoot in some questions because it's really juicy. And it's not um, it's not your grandmother's book, but it might be. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where I get really graphic. Um, and it's sucking. Can I cuss? You can say no, anything you yes. want. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's sucking, fucking. <laughs> it's sucking, fucking, licking, and sticking. So all of those words go with this book. And by the time you are done reading at least one chapter, you will be touching and feeling mm-hmm. on yourself. And or if your partner, like if you're reading it to your partner or whatever the case may be, you are going to be fucking by the end of the time you're reading. Like it's going to be one of those books where, oh, my God, okay, I, I got to oh go my. take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> It's our version of the Fifty Shades of Black. It would be, they have the Fifty Shades of Gray, we have the Fifty Shades of Black, and I get with it. There's no hold bar. Okay, since you took us there already, you got to share your Twitter so everyone can go over and see what you're talking about. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Oh, nice. She did it twice. It's the real Miss Desire. Um, if you Google it, it'll pop me up. Um, my Instagram has changed, but my Twitter is still the same. So if you Google the real Miss Desire, the real M-S-D-E-S-I-R-E, um, it will be me, and it'll take you to anything that shows the Miss Desire brand. So Twitter, I just posted probably about 55 tweets in the past 30 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's all graphic stuff. It's from the chapter, A Rainy Night, and this is where Sonia 
um, which is the sex counselor herself, and her her bows at that moment, his name is Adrian, and um, he just came over for a nightcap, if you will. And it's raining. Um, the plot is here in Atlanta. It's in her house. And um, they decide to take a shower and kind of get nice and clean. And then, you know, they, they roll a blunt. They kind of have a couple of drinks on the way getting out. Um, the shower, he kind of just bends her over the sink and eats her out. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, he he goes from I'll the back and Amazon. doesn't miss a step. <laughs> but she doesn't let him go. Yeah, she doesn't let him go. So he she returns the favor and she gets his ass to the bed. And once she gets him to the bed, um, you know she kind of teases him like, Mm-mm, "You can't have none." So she kind of stops him with her foot as he's walking towards her and um, then she kind of eases up, like, come on, come sit beside me. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do, doctor? Like, what what do you think I should do? And um, she's teasing him as if I know you're not nervous. He's like, well, you are a sex counselor. And she's like, I got you. And um, she kind of just starts gliding on him. And then she sits on top of him and she starts kissing on his chest and kissing his neck and kissing his navel. And then she goes down to his pipe and she starts sucking that thing. Oh, my goodness. Um, Until he busts. And he busts in her mouth and she spits it out and plays with it. Okay, wait a minute. That's nasty because I don't swallow. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I, I have a question. What was the hardest? Right, what was the hardest part about doing um, writing this book and the research that you had to do for it? I know some of it may be, you know, from personal experience, but how was that researching? What was the hardest part about writing this? Well, it's a complete storyline. So I started out trying to figure out what I wanted my characters doing. Like, that was the hardest part Um, because I was like, okay, everybody's already done a tell-off. I'm not doing a tell-off. I don't want to do something based on real anything. So let's do some erotic fiction. So how am I going to do this? And originally, um, Sonya had a problem with her mom and, and and the characters, and you could tell as I was writing it. So when I had it edited, my editor was like, no, are you supposed to have an attitude with your mom? Like she was, she was asking, cause I, I write this in third party. So, or in third person. Mm-hmm. So I'm as if I'm playing Sonia. So that's the easiest way for me to do this um, and keep it going, keep it interesting, keep you there with the character. Um, but just finding what I wanted the characters to do and be and act. And once I found my niche, I just kept writing. Um, and now I'm on part two. Like, I really want to share with you some of my part two, but it's not copywritten yet. So I can't share any of that yet. But part one is definitely on Twitter. So if you guys are looking through Twitter, you'll see my rant and rave. <laughs> and they are tweeting and liking and retweeting. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's so because awesome. I'm on Amazon and I don't see it, and I forgot that the Me book hasn't either. come out yet, so you gotta let us know oh, when is this book going to drop. <laughs> well, no, 
Believe it or not, it is on Amazon, but the book cover okay. is totally different. When I tell you it is totally different from the original, oh. but if you put in the sex counselor and separate the words, it'll pop up. But okay. I'm 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 gonna change it um, between now and like I, I had to wait 24 hours. But like I said, you guys have the first released picture. <laughs> I just released it yesterday. Oh. We just got finished with it oh, Wednesday. I see it. It's like an yes, orange you color see? with a sofa. Yes. 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 And I'm oh, behind the sofa. Yes. Like, I did put a picture of me behind the sofa, but I didn't bring it to life. This time I needed to bring oh. this cover to life. Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad you like it. Yep, I'm just one-clicking. Okay, see you. <laughs> <laughs> right, we are here. We one-clicking. That's what we do here on Let's Chat. We love to get our one click on. We do not mind. Oh, yeah, go for it. We do I not think what they show all. there is the shower, and that's Sonya having a shower. Um, it's like the second chapter in the book. She just had a phone call from her mom, and it wasn't a good phone call. She thinks that um, Miss Delfina is Sonya's mom, and she thinks that her husband, Mr. Henry Parks, is having an affair. And um, all in all, once they get the book, they'll, they'll learn that um, they were, he, he was not having an affair. He was actually sick. And I, in this current book with him in the hospital, um, and I pick up the next book with um, him telling his, telling his kids, you know, some other stuff that they didn't know. So there's some voyeurism. There's some swinger stuff going on. There's going to be some, I mean, you wouldn't even think that um, Steve Harvey has a chapter in this book, but he really does. Um, mm-hmm. he, there, there's no one perfect by far, but mm-hmm. his sexy mustache alone got him apart. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of auctioning him off. And him and Miss Marjorie are going to kill me, but um, I'm kind of auctioning Mr. Steve Harvey off um, in, a, in a reference. So once once he reads it, he'll understand, and and they'll 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 love it. So. Um, oh wait, you actually know Steve Harvey, and you auctioned him off in your book? I do not know them. No. Oh. <laughs> I they do know not. now after this book. Right. Well, you know what? Somebody's gonna be contacting you. <laughs> if they if they love the book great. If they don't love the book, then I have to send them over to somebody else. But, <laughs> but they're going to love the book. I assure you he's going to love the book. So, Wow. He I'm said so he'd be alright if he don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the chapter that you're clicking through um, on Amazon is called The Shower. And Sonya has a conversation with her mom. She's like, oh my god, I got a busy day. I can't deal with this. And she's assuring her mom that her dad is not having an affair, not, you know, her sweet daddy, because she's a daddy's girl. But she's an only child. So she does have a god sister, um, something realistic. And her god sister lives, like, literally two houses down. So they grew up together. But not only is she her god sister, they went to school together. They, um, Sonia's parents were a little more wealthier than, um, Didi's parents. Didi is the god sister. And just a sneak preview, um, it's not in this book, though. 
in the second book mm-hmm. it's called Exposed. Like this one is subtitled Sexy, Jazzy, Classy, Just Enough Nasty. Well, this is going to mm-hmm. be carried over to a series. So I'm 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 writing a series. And the second oh. portion of the series is called Exposed because I'm going to take you like I give nitpicks and pieces of Sonya being um her her family cutting her off basically. And she went to go strip. So I give kind of nit pieces and bits in this first book, whereas in the second one, I'm going to bring it to life. But there's some voyeurism. Mama and daddy are swingers. And oh. Sonya really does have a sister, but she doesn't really know that it's her sister until part two. Oh, boy, this right. is surprise after surprise. <laughs> well, you know what? We need that. We need that. People yes. people in this era live off of drama and sex and, you know, what whatever is juicy, that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear no sad story. So, shit, I had to really say I need to make this go live. So I decided to write about what I know about the best, which is sex, in a complete story format. So it's not like I'm just giving you know, this, that, or the third, or this is what you should do. It's not a documentary or anything, but it's a storyline telling you if you were in a situation like this, maybe you should try this. But I do give free libation classes to every woman or man who reads the book. Um, And I also teach them how to squirt. (laughs) Guys, get over there one quick. (laughs) It's, it's educational. Yeah. This is educational. Yes. Even though everybody, you know, some people enjoy squirting. That's, you know, some men enjoy that. I don't, you know. Well, it's the peeing, on a, on it's a the realistic... part of the peeing process that I, I'm like, see, adult pee is not like baby pee. Baby pee good for your face. It helps you out. Well, you know. Well, it does. And it's good for thrash. But whenever it comes from your from your vagina, it is not the same. Mm-hmm. When it comes through your urethra, it is piss because that's when you're flushing out all of your fluids and, you know, whatever else that's supposed to be flushed out. But when it comes through your urethra, because you got to remember, and this is from a medical standpoint, I am a nurse. So, and, and some people will validate it. Some people will not. I've had doctors say, yeah, some say no. It is all made from the same spot. Correct. But we have a hole in our vagina that if we are getting ready to go use the restroom, if we press down, like if we're excited and we press down and it comes out of our cooch area, it is considered Mm -hmm. to be squirting. If it comes through your urethra, and sometimes it does mix, because if you don't know, you don't know. But it's supposed to come through your vagina for it to be real squirting. If it comes through your urethra, then yes, you're pissing. And, and, and the, the, the way to know this is if it tastes, if it tastes sweet or if it's tasteless or colorless, then it's from your cooch. If it's yellow or it tastes like salt and, and even some pee can be sweet, um, depending if they're a diabetic or not. Um, but for the most part, you'll be able to know the difference. And some, some okay, We've been educated. Now, all those that are fake squirting, we know where it comes from now. So you can't fake squirt from the hole where the pee comes from. It's got to come from the other hole for it to be a real squirt. I'm just saying. 
Right. I you read that same him. thing that you're telling us. Yes. Right. That's interesting. Right. Hmm. Well, most people don't know because all of us can squirt. I mean, we all started out as one chromosome, and our fathers dictated if we were going to be a boy or a girl. So with that being said, we all started the same way. And even even the men, think about the men's testicles would be the ovaries. Our ovaries would be their testicles and so forth. I mean, it's the same basis. And our clitoris mm-hmm. is their main part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why there's so wow. much of Anybody want to ask? Which are real. I'm just, we got, our, our queue is full. If you have any questions for our awesome guest, just press your one, <laughs> and we'll bring you into the chat room because she is laying it out. And if you haven't gotten that one click on, please get, get, that, get that one click. Don't be fooled by the cover. Just explain that it's a different cover. But, J.D., I want to ask you, this is Tony. Now, you say you're a retired adult entertainer. Now, how much yeah. of that entertaining do you put? Do you put, like, um, things you've gone through, things you've done? Um, how much of that is in the book, if any? None. Absolutely none. Really? This is this this has this is this is wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I got to wow. read that out no wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute I got to give you the side out wait a minute <laughs> that's no, about I think that is real life stuff see with fiction you can still order see you want and say no it's just relatable. <laughs> Yeah, but wait a minute. I mean, oh, no, no. you have to take in consideration I am a retired porn star, so I have sucked a lot of dicks. I have ate a lot of pussy in my lifetime. With that being said, mm-hmm. some of those things may have portrayed in, but that's why I say it's about 15% truth and 85% fiction mm-hmm. because – this is all fiction. All the names that are created, the the characters, I created them and made them real. Um, and some of the sex scenes, I, I, I did have to kind of like stop and kind of like, you know, attack my, my boyfriend at that point in time and say, hey, come here, you got to give me some. And then I'll start back writing. Mm-hmm. Um, or mm-hmm. I would just jump on him. Or I would go bust myself. Like literally, I, it would be times where I was writing it and I'd be like, shit. Okay, one minute. So, <laughs> and I had to take a breather. <laughs> For real. Wow. Um, and even now, you guys, this next book that I'm like part two is, is it's so riveting. I am like appalled that I'm able to write all of this because I just told you that it's some swinger, it's some voyeurism, it's some um, maybe even some cuckolding. Like it's a lot of stuff in part two, but that's why it's called exposed. Mm-hmm. But they need to read part one so that they can know what's going on. But even if they don't, I reintroduce the characters in part two. They'll go back and buy. They'll mm-hmm. they'll buy book one because they want to know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a lot of stuff, and Sonya is a nasty something. But she's she's very um, very classy, very sophisticated, very much um, a mental health advisor, and she is also a woman of her word, but she likes what she likes. Like, she lives a double life, Um, and most people in the adult arena have lived a double life or do live a double life. Um, I actually lived a double life most of my 20s. 
It's almost my 30s. Really? <laughs> okay, yes. so how did you see? Now I got to go back, see, because, you know, let's chat. We nosy. So we're about to get in your business. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go so ahead. How, go ahead. How did you get one? Well, first question is how did you get into the adult uh, entertainment industry? And the other thing is how did you go from that to wanting to write? Well, um, I've I've been modeling since I was probably like 15 or 16 years old, and I always wanted to pose for Playboy. So what did I do when I hit 17? I posed, but I never made the cut. So I was like, okay, well, fine. What else is there for me to do? I like I, I found that I like to be nude, so I started dancing, and I would come back and forth to Atlanta because I'm not originally from Atlanta, but I live here. Um, I am a Georgia peach, though. Um, mm. I kept coming back and forth. I got introduced to some people who said, hey, do you want to go make some real money? Um, I was married. I was scorned at this point in time. Um, my ex-husband decided that he wanted to have a kid on me and not stop sleeping with the mom. So if ladies, if, if he has a child and the child is under three, it's a good benefit for him that he's still sleeping with that mom, just FYI. So my ex-husband was still sleeping with his son's mother. And I was also pregnant at the same time. So when I had the uh-huh. baby, he still wanted to do what he wanted to do. So I said, fine. I took the opportunity to go make a movie. And my first set of movies was with um, a company in Florida. And I made a shitload of money. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And they uh-huh. catered catered to me um like 100% catered to me and I was like oh my god I can deal with this so I'm sitting up here with all of this money and I'm looking at it like hmm how can I get away with this and nobody know so marketing at that point wasn't a big deal um but I came home three weeks after I came home he was sitting in front of the computer and found out because one of his friends called him and told him, hey, man, you need to look on the Internet. There's something you need to see. And when I came in, he was like, his pride was fucked up. And I had to tell him, you had a kid on me, nigga. Like, I was fucked up. So I had to do something to make me feel better. So either you're on board or you're off board. It really doesn't matter. And he decided to stay. So we we were married for um, 10 years, together for 12. And after... After that 10th year, we basically just called it quits. And um, I had retired probably two years after that. Um, And the guy that I'm seeing now, um, he is the complete opposite. He's he's actually younger than me. Um, And everybody has issues for the most part, Mm -hmm. but we have Mm -hmm. a different set of issues. So because he's younger than me, there's some things that he hasn't experienced. So I was like, you know what? I need to just do something. Um, and it changed into writing. I was like, I'm going to write a book. And at first, I wanted to do a spill the beans. Um, and he was like, you shouldn't do that. And I was like, you're right out. I was just going to see what you wanted, you know, what you would say as a man. Um, and he kind of um, encouraged the first book. But now that I'm on to the second one, he sees that it's going to be bigger than life. He's like, yeah, I'm not ready because I don't want to share you. I already shared you with the world. I don't want to do it anymore. Um. Mm-hmm. So, Aww, that is so yeah. 
Yep. So he's still going to have to share me because I'm destined to be um, what I am. What's for you is going to be for you. So I'm not Absolutely. supposed to be sitting in the shadow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we, have, we have a hand up, but we've had the privilege of being able to interview other porn stars. We had Roxy Reynolds on our pre- on the other show that we did with um, yeah. Aaron Bebo and Nene Capri. And every the I one love all thing of them. that always um, amazes me is everybody's journey starts off differently. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody's journey starts off so different. Even, I don't know if, uh, I think it's on Amazon, Hugh Hefner has a documentary slash um, series about how he started Playboy and just his life and the things that he went through. Um, right. Everybody's journey starts off so differently. So what actually kind of got you into that, I was like, oh, well, it's it's crazy because everybody has something in in the eighties and the nineties and I'm I'm telling my age but it is what it is I still look good and some of you twenty year olds can't touch me so anyway um, <laughs> so I you know I I was I was molested I was raped I had a you know abusive situation as a child I was the oldest I was mixed. I was raised, you know, up until I was like 10 or 11 by my mom's family, which is white and Indian. And then my dad, he was an alcoholic. So he really um, wasn't there, but I have siblings from him. But my stepdad, on the other hand, was there. And that's the man that my children know as their grandfather. Like I left home at 14 um, and didn't look back. I put myself through school. I graduated. Um, not the normal way, but at the same time, I have so much college up under my belt that having a GED when I was 15, you know, it's not a big deal. I had my first child when I was 19. So, I mean, I, I, I was in abusive relationships. Um, I had my ass whipped quite a few times, and I realized that that's not the look that I wanted to wear. So I made a change. And um Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we all have a story, but that's the same story that a lot of other people have heard, have been through. So I wanted to give them something different. And as they want to know more about me, a lot of my stuff is documented because it got in, the state got involved because it kept happening and kept happening and kept happening. So once I got raped, I got legitimized. Well, not legitimized, excuse me, emancipated. Um, mm-hmm. So I was emancipated at 13 and working um, taking care of my own self in my own place, um, going to school and working two and three jobs. So when the opportunity came for me to get my GED, I took it. Um, so I was 16 in school. I'm probably the chick that started ID usage, um, like them checking your ID. Um, even if you don't, you know, even if you look like you're 30, they still want to make sure that you're who you are because I was, you know, I, I was the one who, um, did those things. I bounced checks. I thought if I had a checking account and checks, I had money. And I went haywire. This was all before I was 18. So this story hasn't been told yet. I wrote it, but it, it, it's not told yet. So um, mm-hmm. it started out as Hell Risen Child. And um, I named, I, I changed the name to Angel in the Mist. And it's about 13 and a half chapters because I wrote it in two weeks and I stopped. It was very emotional. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, I had to I had to take a step back. So while everyone does have their own thing, what I decided to write about was something here and now, because we can't change the past and everything that I've been through. It's made me a wonderful woman, a great and awesome parent that pays attention to their children, that lets them know the real and talks to them. I'm I'm the parent that says, hey, son, because I have a, an almost 18 year old. Don't be out here fucking without protection. And if you are, try not to be fucking. Like, I'm I'm sure it's a hot girl, hot-ass girl. And if she's fucking, then she's probably done it more than once. Get your dick fucked. Like, I, I don't even know what else to tell you, because I'm not ready to be a grandmama. So if people can say what they want to say. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If he don't find out from me, who is he gonna find out from? That's right. So you know, he he so has fast, to know. But so his his dad is in his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. some little fast trick. I was a fast ass, so I know that they're out there. <laughs> Probably more so now than than they were before I I came. Oh yeah, they bold now. Oh, them little fast mm-hmm. girls bold. Yeah, they bold. We got two hands up. You mind taking some calls? Absolutely. Okay, we got nine one four six one nine. You're live in the chat room. What's your name and where are you calling from? Good evening, ladies. This is Tanya. Two days hey, in a row. Hey, Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Hey. <laughs> I'm calling in to support my homegirl. Now, this is my disclaimer Aww. because this is totally coincidental. Uh, play yesterday. And Jody today, and what is their common theme? Sex. Sex. That's true. <laughs> it's a great thing. People make it bad. But you know what? And it, it is. And this is the thing. Like, even when Monique came out about her open relationship, people took it all to the left. But if you kind of think right. about it, you got folks. You got folks in an open relationship and don't know he cheating, she cheating, and their marriage is just fine, doing better than uh, half the folks you we we may know. I think that it's whatever works for you. You know what I'm saying? Correct. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I like is that you educate. Like That's, you, you, you try and educate at the same time. Yes. Because that's the whole thing. Like, there's a message in everything. Say that again. Say that again. I said this was sex 101 and science 102. Yes, yes. it was. <laughs> if you just tuned yes, in, yes, we yes. were talking about those fake squirters. And so all these men that might be on the line, they know what a real squirt, where it's supposed to come from now. So you can't be fake squirting no more. Right. What, like, what look is, at what it. Is like, he, he should want to know. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'm one of those people, or should I say Sonya is one of those people, <laughs> that that after she after she's riding and, you know, it's, it's about to bust, she'll get on there and lick her shit because that's her shit. You want to know what you taste like. You want to make sure that you're good and, you know, if something is not right, you need to go get that shit fixed. 
But luckily for me, like I'm, I'm so blessed. Because throughout the whole time I was in porn, I never tested positive for anything. I was negative across the board um, the whole 10, 12 years that I did it. So I'm telling you, it's real. It does happen. Um, And imagine, I had a husband at home. And after the husband, I had a boyfriend at home. So um, it does happen, though. So you you have to be extremely careful, know your status, um, and and make sure that when you go to the clinic, you get that five-panel testing. Like, Make sure they test you for everything, HIV and hepatitis and and herpes, because those are things that most people don't even ask to be checked for. But those things can kill you, too. So, shit, got to know. But you know what? And, and, I think it comes from when women go to the doctor and we get our pastors, we get our annual, we're assuming that when they're checking, they're checking for everything. But they're not. If you don't ask, they're not checking. And a lot of women don't know that you have to ask and be specific about what you want your doctor to check. Right. Everything. And I mean, like, you need to name it out. If you don't know, you need to get checked and tested for everything. And if you keep getting bacterial infections or if you keep getting yeast infections, it's probably because your, your dude that you're fucking raw is fucking somebody else with a condom on. So, like, those are things that you need to pay attention to and and know, like, know your body. Hmm. Science 102. See, I, have, I do have a filter, but it's it's a vague filter. So as soon as you gave me the green light, it was like, yeah, just go. So. <laughs> uh, green light here in the chat room, girl. Hey, if don't nobody tell us we don't know. We gotta we gotta know these things. And we gotta be right. able to educate our listeners in the process. So it's all right. Mm-hmm. Well, we should want to know because as as black women, we are the ones that are getting hit with so many different things, um, left and right. And and we don't know because we're thinking that everything is okay. Well, Remember, I'm I'm in Atlanta. This is one of the number one um, gay radars in the world, I'll say. So while you are getting it from one side, he's getting it from another side, and there you go. Mm. Like, it, it, it happens. And there's a lot of people that, you know, are swingers, and they um, are careful. But the people who are out here just lollygagging and going back and forth, and, and I'll tell you, I have two. I have several characters in the book. There's Greg and Mickey, who are gay and biracial couples. So they have two different two different strikes against them, um, in the real world. And then um, there's Antoine and Monica. Antoine and Monica are husband and wife, and she she's only slept with like two people, while he slept with like fifty. So he's more experienced. He's more advanced. He wants her to submit to him. And she's like, I'm not submitting to you because I don't know you like that. Like, we're married, and we've been married for a while, but what happens if I do this and then you leave me? Like, I'm going to be devastated. Whereas Mickey and Greg, they are men. Mickey is the black guy. His name is Michael. He likes to be called Mickey. And um, Greg is the white guy. Greg is the definite girl. Mickey is the definite guy. And Mickey does not come out and tell um, 
he he doesn't tell everybody that he's gay. He just says, yeah, I'm I'm playing both sides. I, I'm 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 playing right now. Like, you know, I'm not ready for a kid. I'm just having fun. To his family, whereas Greg came out to his family. The kicker is they both tested for HIV in Sonya's office. Now, wow. Greg and Nikki live together. They've been actively dating for three years, and Nikki is not. He, he, he's not satisfied with having Greg on his arm 100%. So there's times where he has to have eye candy and his eye candy is Natalie. Um, uh-huh. Nikki is in his early thirties and Natalie is 19. Beautiful chocolate. Mm. Um, young woman who, you know, she's got a vibrant life ahead of her, but she did not ask that question. And that is, when have you been tested last? Or let's go get mm. tested. Um, and they fool around. They had been fooling around for probably, you know, six months. And she didn't know that he was HIV positive. This is Nikki. And Natalie finds out that she is oh. pregnant. And not only is she pregnant, she finds out that she is tested for HIV. So wow. she kills mm. Nikki. She sets his ass on fire, and 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 he Ooh. he burns up, and he's at Grady, and he dies. And this what? is in the first book, right? So See, there's that's drama. what I'm saying right there. That's that reader eye candy. I'm glad I one click, so now I'm going. See, I had a, another book I got to read, but I'm going to have to have me a little special read, a little special read <laughs> in between. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So I mean it's like I said, it's it's a it's a eye turner, it's a page twister, it is um some cries, some tears, there are some happy go lucky moments, there's some oh my um in every chapter you get fun filled sexual fantasy pleasure. So Oh my yeah. I put it in oh there, honey. It's there. I promise. <laughs> Everything that you can think of, it is in there. Look, it's it's what is that sauce prego <laughs> or ragu? I don't know which one it is, but it's in there. <laughs> Be careful who you share your petals with because 
you're always exchanging energy. So you're not only exchanging energy from the person that you're with, but from everybody that they're with and everybody that that person had been with and so on and so forth. So Mm -hmm. you really um, do have to be careful. And and I'm one for saying, because I'm a retired porn star. However, um, I do know how to cleanse my spirit and I know how to, um, I pray. Um, I believe in the the energy. I believe in um, what you put out is what you get back. I believe um, in the good things, whereas there's a whole bunch of shit that I can believe in bad. And like I said, everybody is going through something. So it, it's not one person is better than the next. Even 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 the wealthiest man in the world is going through something because he's got to sit there and worry if the person that he loves is really in love with him or is it because of his money. So right. everybody has something going on. You just have to pick and choose, but you got to be careful who you deal with and and who you allow in your inner circle. Everybody is not for you. Some people want you to do well, but they do not want you to do better than them. And as soon as you start doing better than them, that's when they come in and they're like, okay, I've had enough. You, you doing too much. Same thing with drugs. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed? They'll let certain people get away with certain stuff because they they got just a little bit. But if it's in the million dollars and the pounds and the kilos, then it's like, oh, okay, so you going into our cut now. So we got to get this so we can put right. it back out. That's my that's that's my thought process. But you know, due process, mm-hmm. our, our our government system. Wow. Just my opinion. Wow. A good opinion too. Um, this is Tony. You have so just shook things up when you came into the chat room tonight, JD. I just want to let you know, everybody is over there cooking that that book. At least I got to get two days <laughs> off to read at this book. But thank you so much, and please come back when the second book comes out because we want to have you back on. Love to, and you guys are definitely going to want to read part two. Like part one is amazing. I am so thrilled to pieces. Um, and I'm writing part two as we speak. So imagine if I'm telling you nasty stuff from part one, what part two is going to be. Because I, I got to triple it. I can't double it. I got to triple it. I can't it. even imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's beyond my scope. <laughs> you will have a big surprise, I assure you. <laughs> uh, I look I look forward to it. Now, I'm going to ask you a fun question as you leave the chat room, but after I ask the question, please share all your social media handles as well as anything that you want our listeners to be aware that you have coming up. But my fun question for you tonight is, if you are a box of cereal, what would you be and why? Snap, crackle, and pop. <laughs> if I was a box of cereal, I would be snap, crackle, and pop. Because if you not snapping with me, I might motherfucking crack and we both going to pop. <laughs> oh, okay, girl. Lee, she, she rolled that off her tongue real quickly. <laughs> I'm clicking my feet. I'm clicking my feet. So if anybody would like to reach out to me, you can reach out to me once again. Um, if you like to Google some of my previous work, you can. Um, but also Twitter and Facebook, The Real Miss Desire, The Real, M-S-D-E-S-I-R-E. Um, some of it may have 101 behind it. Obviously, that's, that's like my favorite number in the world. Um, 
And then on Instagram, it is the sex counselor underscore 101. Um, I'm trying to rebrand, so I'm kind of moving things around a little bit. Um, not that I, I don't, you know, care about where I came from, because I do. It's me. I am her. However, um, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to, to bring the brand separation. So Miss Desire is a brand, and then um, the sex counselor is a totally different brand. Mm-hmm. All right. That branding is important, but we so appreciate you. We have had a, for a, me. a great time with you. It has been fun and educational as well. <laughs> Good. It has been fun. You guys, it, make sure you go out and pick up that that the sex counselor. It's, I'm telling you, she has laid it all out there and then some. And don't forget, she's working on part two. So once you finish that, just head on over there and get part two. Thank you, thank you. Y'all have a good weekend. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thank you again. Thank you. You Yes, this was was everything. These days, these shows that we've had have been everything these last two days. Shout out to Tanya Robinson and Mm -hmm. all of our listeners that's been just keeping less chat and supporting us and making sure that you know, we, we keep going. We enjoy what we do, and this is why we had, like, the best time today. We want you guys to make mm-hmm. sure you tune in on next week. We appreciate you rocking with us. If you're just tuning in and say you missed the show, no worries. Just go back and hit our archives here on blogtalk.com or on iTunes. Uh, it'll be uploaded to SoundCloud probably tomorrow. Uh, and you can also pick up your favorite, download your favorite podcast app because – Unless chat is also a podcast, so you can catch us almost anywhere to listen to our show. We thank you for rocking with us. And let's see what we got heading on out of the chat room. Let's do a little nasty girl. All right. 